0: Hola, and welcome to Fe Mass Faith. I'm Erika Reynoso, a church kid and pastor's kid raised in Iglesia Pentecostal, hoping to share encouragement and compassion to struggling church kids like myself. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. So, I did not grow up celebrating Easter. You know, the reasons uh, were never very clear, or I maybe didn't understand it, but all I knew is that it was a holiday where people all around the world celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, but there is a resistance um, in my community, and I and I realized that it's a large portion of the Latino evangelical community that doesn't really engage in Easter celebrations for, you know, whatever reason. I'm, I'm I know that there's a lot of theories in it, but... Um, so I always only knew that it was something that we didn't really do intentionally. I knew about the Easter bunny and, you know, all the fun things that happened. But I didn't really know much more outside of that until I was in college. And my campus minister walked me through what Easter looked like for him. And I, realized, I remember being captivated that he talked about how You know, on Good Friday, there would be a remembrance of the crucifixion of Jesus, and from Friday to Sunday, there would be intentional reflection and engagement with the story of the death of Jesus and what that meant for the disciples, and I remember him sharing how he felt the heaviness that the disciples felt after their Messiah was killed on the cross, and sharing Uh, the hopelessness that came for them, when in the midst of uh, the death of their uh, rabbi, of their teacher, they had nowhere to go. And so as my campus minister shared with me what Easter looked like for him, I remember just longing for that myself, wanting to take the time to sit in the darkness that came with the death of Jesus not for me to live there or to abide, abide in it, but for me to understand the true meaning of the death of Jesus for his disciples. And in so learning that, I recognize the importance and the significance in truly reflecting on the resurrection of Jesus um, required looking at his death and what his death meant for his disciples because it only made the resurrection that much more powerful. And so over the years around this time, I, around Easter time, I always long to be um, a part or uh, of the celebrations, uh, the liturgical celebration of Easter, because it, it creates a pause and a slowing down in your life to sit in the heaviness and the darkness that came with the death of Jesus in order to truly and fully embrace the resurrection and what his um, life meant. But, you know, as I said at the beginning, I I didn't grow up celebrating Easter. And what I've known about Easter is that on social media, every Good Friday, without a miss. There's always somebody who posts, my Jesus is not dead, he is alive. My Jesus is not on the cross, he is alive. As people take time to reflect on the death of Jesus on the cross, um, there's this resistance to accepting that Jesus was dead at some point and there's always this rush to get the Resurrection Sunday. You know, like there is no intentional and purposeful meditation on the death of Jesus because there's always a rush to get to Resurrection Sunday. And I think this is reflective of trends that we see in our communities where there's there's this resistance to discomfort, There's this resistance to embracing the heaviness that comes in our faith and naming it as it is because there's this discomfort that believers don't want to embrace. And I think that embracing discomfort is a key piece of our life as believers uh, because as believers, first of all, first of all, as humans on this earth, we will we, we're gonna suffer, we're gonna struggle. You don't have to be a believer to struggle in this world, and yet as believers, we continue to struggle and suffer in this world because we're we're a part of a broken world, and so when when there's this resistance to discomfort. There's also a resistance and an inability to receive the learning and the lessons and the formation that comes through suffering, that comes through our struggle. And so I think in taking time to exercise that spiritual practice of reflecting on the heaviness from that Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday, there's much that we can learn And there's much formation that needs to happen in our life. And this isn't just during Easter time. This is year-round every day of our life because we're going to struggle. We're going to suffer. And if we're rushing to get the Resurrection Sunday, we're going to miss the opportunity to be formed by the Holy Spirit, to learn how to live in every situation. And that is a phrase that, Paul used in Philippians 4, Um, you know, Philippians 4.13 is always used almost like this sticker to put on your suffering. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. and, And it is true. But we have to look at the context of that verse to understand what Paul meant by that. You know, Paul wasn't saying through Christ, I'll get through this trial real quick. Or through Christ, you know, this trial isn't going to be hard. No, Paul was uh, an example sufferer, someone who dealt with much hardship because he followed Jesus. And before Philippians 4.13 um, and 4, uh, 11 and 12, he says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whatever it is, with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. So when Paul talks about persevering through struggles, I'm someone that's going to listen. I'm going to shut up and listen to what he is saying when it comes down to struggling and to learning in our suffering because Paul is a key example of someone who suffered so much and yet through that, he received a formation of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 11, he kind of does this like list of everything that he has lived. He says that he's been imprisoned, whipped, faced death, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, lost at sea, robbed, and among other things. And so Paul has a long list of trials and suffering that he has encountered, and yet I can't help but remember Philippians 4.12 where he says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation. He has learned the secret. And how do you learn, how do you learn the secret when you've encountered so much suffering? And that is because what Paul did was that he encountered and he faced every struggle, every suffering. He faced it with the company of Jesus. He invited Jesus into that suffering. He kept uh, kept steadfast in believing that Jesus was with him. Not that Jesus was going to get him out of it quick or not that Jesus was going to make life easier. No, he believed that Jesus was with him. And this is true. Jesus gave the church an example on how to respond to suffering when he came and ministered to so many people here on earth. Because when you open up your mouth at church about your suffering, about your struggle, usually you get a quick Bible verse and you're like, here you go, you got this, keep pushing. Or there's like this prayer for victory. There's a prayer to get through it quickly. When in reality, in our suffering and in our struggle, there's a formation that needs to happen that we need to slow down and receive. And Jesus is someone who slowed down and sat with those that were in their struggle, in their suffering, and he walked with them. I see this most with the Samaritan woman in John 4. The Samaritan woman was a woman who was ostracized by her community because of her past, because of her history. And she is someone that coped with her marginalization by isolating herself. The Bible says that she was at the well at noon and it wasn't normal for people to go out to the well at noon because it was the hottest time of the day. People would go to the well in the morning or in the evening but the Samaritan woman, because of the shame that she carried She had to go at noon by herself. And where does Jesus meet her? He meets her at the well at noon. You know, Jesus is someone that he meets us in our coping strategies. He meets us when we isolate ourselves, when we're feeling shame and embarrassment. Jesus is someone who sits with us and listens to us as we're struggling and suffering. You know, Jesus, when he sat with the Samaritan woman, he didn't have an agenda to get her through that trial quickly. He didn't have an agenda to rush her into being sanctified. And the thing is that we often believe that that is what God is doing. We believe that God is in a rush to fix us or that God is trying to hurry us up to get to a certain spiritual level when Jesus slowed down with the Samaritan woman to meet her where she was. And Jesus does that with us too. He longs to connect with us. He longs to engage with us. And He longs to offer us salvation, just as He did with the Samaritan woman. And it begins by embracing the heaviness, by embracing the darkness, by embracing our reality and inviting Jesus into it. Because if Jesus teaches us anything through the story of Samaritan woman, is that he cares about us. He sees our struggle. He sees our coping mechanism. He sees the ways that we've had to walk through life because of our history, because of our past, and yet he slows down to be with us. Because he knows that when he walks with us, he knows That when He connects with us in the midst of our struggle, we will receive the formation. And we will be strengthened in Him and through Him. Because through Christ, we can do all things. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at FAMASFAITH and subscribe to this podcast. Your following and sharing help spread this message of hope and compassion. Gracias y hasta luego.